Lieutenants, we welcome you to a special bonus podcast edition of the Cigar Dave Show. This is for Saturday, December 20th, 2014. We had a fabulous two-hour show coast-to-coast. The topic of conversation was primarily the Obama decision to normalize relations with Cuba. I could not help myself and had to let loose. But when you believe in something and you have great passion for something, you would expect nothing less than for me to be honest and deliver it without any sugarcoating, which is exactly what we did. So we welcome you to the special bonus podcast. Wherever you may be listening to us, if you care to join us, 877-DAVE-007, 877-328-3007. It is my pleasure to welcome front and center, voice talent ed, the voice of the Cigar Dave Show, joining us from pool, his pool actually, poolside, down just about You're an hour about south. 10, 10 feet away. Your, yes. The pool's 10 feet? Long ashes once again. And back at you, Ed. I was going to say, the pool is 10 <laughs> feet away from where you are? Well, it's 10 or 15 feet away. I've got some, uh, I've, my uh, handyman is here doing some construction, so I had to kind of duck into the studio today to do this show. Otherwise, you'd be hearing a bunch of banging and pounding, and uh, <clears throat> it would be banging and pounding, not in a good way either. It wouldn't be doing me any benefit. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I hear the Portuguese princess. <laughs> so importantly... Well, there's wait, wait. Talking about banging and pounding, I hear the Portuguese princess yeah. there. So, is there some banging and pounding going wow. on in the studio as well with your harem of one? The banging and pounding is here. Banging You're... and pounding will never tell. We'll never tell. All right, beautiful. All right, so uh, let me uh, do this. Let me ask you, voice talent Ed, uh, your thoughts. I did a lot of pontificating. Yes. Your thoughts on my thoughts on Obama and opening diplomatic relations with Cuba and the timing. Well, you know, it's. I think that the modern generation, because you you realize 53 years ago, uh, a lot of the people that uh, made those decisions are no longer with us. And the younger generation doesn't know enough about it to really uh, look at some of the peripheral uh, effects of it. And you were uh, delving into some of that stuff, Um, you know, and and what the uh, side effects are. I I think a lot of the political decisions which are made uh, that come out of Washington, they don't realize... What uh, you know? What what the uh, fallout's going to be from some of these decisions? And that's that was uh, that's always been my uh, qualm with uh, with uh, what uh, comes out of there. They they come off with these ridiculous bills that the politicians don't even read. I mean, what the hell is that? Don't we elect these bastards to do something besides uh, just sit there and j- jerk off for? Uh, how many months out of the year? I mean, come on. Well, you would think you would you would think, but that's not necessarily the case. And and. You know, talking about, uh, I made this case that Obama, to me, is without any question the worst negotiator I've ever seen. And somebody brought up an interesting point. I just got a uh, an email, and he said, uh, where is it? Let me find it here. Saying that, you know, maybe you know Obama wants to, uh, maybe Obama isn't as stupid as we think he is. After all, he's a socialist. This maneuver with Cuba advances yeah. his agenda of socialism. Just thinking out loud, that's from Lieutenant John. It. Yeah, very, very possible. Very possible. But again, but the, the man was raised with well, that. There's no so, question. I mean, you you can't really discount that. You yeah. know, when I was a when I was a kid in high school, way back when, um, I had a boyfriend whose grandmother was English, and we would talk about World War II, and how Japan was no longer yeah. um, an offense to us. They were an ally, and she shut me down. She did not forget. She had a very, very long memory, and she was not going to say that Japan was any ally of this country. 
Well, I and it personally just holds true. Well, I, and and you know what? Many of my feelings. I personally would never buy a Japanese car. And my feeling is, uh, I don't. I, I I've always felt this that uh, yes, you know, we trade with Japan. They're an ally. But uh, and and certainly you have to look and say, well, today's generation is different. But my personal feeling is, I would never buy a German car, and I would never buy a Japanese car. That's my personal opinion. Today's generation just has a very short memory. Well, and and yes, we there. Germany is an ally, and and certainly we've got in there, and the people that are in power today. But just my feeling is, I would rather support the men and women of the United States of America. And people say, exactly. well, wait a minute, General, hold on. Exactly. Many Japanese and German cars are made in the United States. Well, yes, but the money goes to Tokyo or it goes to Dusseldorf or Stuttgart. I like it staying in Detroit in the United States. Now, that, however, would not preclude me from telling somebody else to buy a car. My personal preference is I like to buy American. I have no, I wouldn't, I have a problem buying British because British has always been an ally. Uh, French, they don't really make cars. I think they make Peugeot, I would never buy one of those anyway. Don't the British cars all leak? Uh, I don't know. But you know what? I hear stories it's, about it's, some of these British I tell you, I hear some of these stories about these British cars from what I hear that uh, service isn't so good. That's what I hear. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But Everybody any- I know who owns an MG or something, they at the top leaks, inevitably. I always hear horror stories about them having to, to go in and pay a bunch of bucks to stop the thing from leaking. Well, let's do this. Before we get to talking about uh, Sony and what they did with this movie, let's take some calls. So first up, let's say hello to uh, Tom in Orlando. You are front and center with Voice Talent Ed, the Portuguese princess, and yours truly. General, first off, I just want to thank you for the recommendations to go to the Columbia last time I was in Tampa. Definitely uh, tip Uh my hat to you on that, that one. For sure, and you were on fire today, brother. I don't know what happened. You woke up on the right <laughs> side of the bed. You got you got the juices flowing. You, you That's know, the offering play because you are preaching today, brother. I know. Get to Tom. It, what's amazing is I woke up this morning. I was very calm. I woke up this morning was very calm. Got in here, and uh, private to Brian and Eric and Kate. Well, we're calm. Everything was calm. But once I started getting into it and discussing it and hearing Castro and hearing Obama talk, something just set me off. And I've always believed that, and I've never been one to hold anything in. You know, I know a lot of people that say, well, I'm always calm. I love you. Uh, I'm always calm. I've got friends of mine that are like, you know, I'm always calm. Meanwhile, their blood pressure is 270 over 220. My blood pressure is normal because I just let it out, and, and when I'm done, I'm done. And I think that you have to be who you are. And I'm the kind of person that, uh, just like my father was, where we say exactly what we feel, we say what we mean, and we let the chips fall where they may. And when people ask me a question, they go, I want your honest opinion or an honest you know, answer. And I give it to them, then they're offended because I gave it to them honestly. And when I say, well, why are you offended? Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. You know, like when women have said to me, well, does this make my ass look big? And I look and say... And I say, well, you know, and they're like, no, I want a truthful answer. I'm like, truthfully, makes your ass look extremely large, like a wide load. <laughs> and when you tell them that. Don't ask the question that you don't want the answer to. That is right. So when you answer the question honestly, they're like, I can't believe you would say that. Well, I, my reply was, well, did you want me to lie so that everywhere else you went, people would say, my God, look at her ass. It looks huge in that dress. <laughs> I Let me buy you a rear camera. I gave an honest answer, and that's how you you have to be true to yourself, Tom. I really believe that. And my personality is such that I let it out. I tell it like it is. Some people find it offensive. Some people find it refreshing. But you can't please everyone all the time, and all you can do is be honest. And I think if you're honest and express your opinion and do so respectfully, 
which I think I did, although I have very little respect for Obama, and I've made that very clear. Uh, I think you just have to go with it, and you have to be comfortable in who you are and let the criticism fall. Like, I guarantee you, if Chris Matthews from BSNBC was sitting right here, he'd say, how dare you call Obama socialist? How can you say that? How can you say he's a closet Muslim? Well, that's how I feel, and I'm not going to. And if he tries to back me down and say, "Well, you should apologize," my answer is, "Go fuck yourself." I'm not exactly. going to apologize. No I'm not, I just said it, and it's like when I hear this this bullshit that. Well, let me get this girl, this woman's name, who's the chairman of Sony, which leads me into this next topic. Tom, um, her name is Amy Pascal. Now, as part of the hacking by the North Korean, the little man. Let's call him the little man, the little funny-looking man from North Korea. Little yeah. guy with Kim a Johnny Jong-un. brush on his head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as part of that, that, that cyber attack, they got all these emails. And, of course, people go back and forth in emails. Now, Amy Pascal is a known Democrat. Almost everyone in Hollywood is a known Democrat. She gave 5000 to Obama, the maximum that you can give. But the, the hack exposed a supposed racist email between Amy Pascal, the Sony co-chairman, and a producer, Scott Rudin. Um, and so the humiliation tour, the forgiveness tour, uh, has begun. And basically what she said, and I want to get exactly what she said here. They were talking, she was talking with this producer, joking about what Obama's, uh, what he would like in terms of a movie. Because she asked Rudin what she should ask President Obama at a November 2013 fundraising breakfast hosted by DreamWorks' Jeff Katzenberg, who's a big-time Obama kiss-ass and liberal. So she writes, quote, Would he like to finance some movies? Rudin writes, uh, Pascal then says, she says, I doubt it. Should I ask him if he liked Django? Question mark? Rudin then responded with, 12 years? To which Pascal responded by naming other films starring blacks such as or the butler, or think like a man. So all of a sudden now, ooh, this is racist. Now, I'm going to be very candid. I tell black jokes. I tell Jewish jokes. I tell Italian jokes. I tell Polish jokes. I tell Russian jokes. I tell Irish jokes. I tell American jokes. I tell, you name it. I tell all the jokes. I'm like Don Rickles. I have never, and and I've got friends (laughs) that are Jewish, black, Italian, Irish. We all tell these jokes and we're laughing because we know it's a joke. It is what exactly. it is. And we kid each other. No, Never once have we told a joke saying, you know, I feel that was very anti-Semitic. Or someone saying, you know, that was racist. We laugh about it. And oh, by the way, we're so racist that we're smoking cigars, drinking libations, playing golf, or having dinner with all these people having fun, telling a lot of laughs. Nothing is mean-spirited. Don yeah. Rickles is the same way. But now all of a sudden, if you do a joke like this, ooh, You're a racist. So what does she do? She goes to seek clemency and forgiveness from none other than the divider and the extortionist huckster-in-chief, Al Sharpton, and goes and meets with him for an hour and a half in New York City. And then he went out before the media with a press conference and says that the jury is still out on where we go with this. And he didn't call for her to step down. But that's not how he operates. So what he says is, Pascal agreed to let Sharpton have a say in how Sony makes motion pictures in an effort to combat what he called inflexible and immovable racial exclusion in Hollywood. Who the fuck is Reverend Al goddamn Sharpton to dictate to a movie theater or this woman what she should and should not produce? He's the guy that should be in jail 
alongside for tax of evasion. That son of a bitch <laughs> hasn't you. paid taxes to the tune of five million dollars. But meanwhile, exactly. he's Obama's buddy and he's buddies with the attorney general. Now tell me, what mm-hmm. attorney general would would befriend a guy who's a known tax dodger, tax cheat, and tax felon? Now let me continue this. Well, apparently a felon in himself. That's correct. He said. I love this. We have agreed to have a working group deal with the racial bias and lack of diversity in Hollywood. He said that Sony would work closely with the National Action Network, the National Urban League, and the NAACP and the Black Women's Roundtable to see if we can come up with an immediate plan to deal with it. Our interest, he said, is seeing that Sony is on the right side of changing Hollywood. Do you want to know how the change is going to happen when Sony and this Pascal writes a large check to the National Action Network or essentially to Al fucking Sharpton. That's That's exactly, exactly. that's exactly how this dumbass son of a bitch Pascal is going to put her head between her tail and say, I seek forgiveness and absolution. Instead of saying, you know what? what's even scarier. Well, it is. Excuse and w- me. What's even scarier is Sony owns other hey, major networks. Just listen to you off and on every other week. I mean, your your knowledge on the whole politics thing is is, is bigger every week than I, than I think it is the previous week. Have you ever thought the next presidential election you throw your name in the hat? I have to tell you, Tom, <laughs> it, it is quite you tempting. Can always write them in. But the, here's the one thing that I would come out. Okay, I've got to say this, and maybe this is what we need. I would be a candidate that says I love cigars. I love my libations, love steak. I love telling dirty, politically incorrect jokes. I love hot women. I love having a harem. I am proud of that. And if you don't like it, too fucking bad. Either vote for me or don't vote for me. But you know exactly what you're going to get. And you're not going to get a wussy-ass little pansy down the middle with no backbone and no spine, who's going to see, put his little finger up and say, where's the wind blowing today? Let's take a poll. I'm going to be the kind of guy like you allow me to do your political spots. Voice talent, Ed, (laughs) go ahead. Give me one right now. Go ahead. Cigar Dave for president. If you don't like it, it's too fucking bad. I like it. It's got good potential. And you know what? The more people I offend, the better I, the better I have of getting elected. I really certainly believe that. And let me just so finish. That's what that's we need, though, General. That's, that's exactly what we need. Well, All wh- this, the personification no, of America is, is ridiculous. Well, well Tom, you're, I mean, you're, it's, you're, you're it's right. Bad. We, we have become nadless, wussified beta males, where every time you say something, i got to go meet with Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton to apologize. Oh, I apologize. You know what? I'd just say, if I were this, this Amy Pascal, I would have said, I did say that. It was in jest. I have been a strong supporter of minority rights. I have been a strong supporter of the president and his evidence by my contribution. So this was nothing more than a joke, and I will leave it at that. But instead, she panics. I've got to run to Al Sharpton. Since when was Al Sharpton anointed by the black community to be their representative? And let me tell you the worst thing Good in the question. world that could ever have. you know what Al Sharpton's? Uh, most the 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 biggest nightmare that he has that every black child gets a great education that every black american gets a great job god forbid black americans become republicans that's his worst nightmare why because then he loses the grip of power over them because no longer do they need someone else to think for them and to speak for them 
and to stand up and say that I'm for all these downtrodden people while he's dressing in $3,000 suits where the people that he supposedly represents are lucky to rub two nickels together. And by the way, if you're so for that community, then you should be for vouchers to enable black children to get a great education, escape poverty, and to become successful. And I love when blacks say, especially the Sharptons, the Jackson Republicans, want to keep black people down. No, we really don't. We want everybody to be successful. The ones that want to keep blacks down are Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Because once they lose that grip on power, they're out of business. Out of a job. Yep, out of a job. Out of business. And nobody in the mainstream media will tell it. I just did. They keep speaking the same ways that the Nazis did in World War II. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I need one person talking. Tom, go ahead. That's why we need you to run. All this, it's it's getting ridiculous, man. You can't trust anybody here or there. At least with you, if you're going to tell it how it is, either we like it or we don't. But at the end of the day, we could, we might disagree with it, but it might be the truth, or and it might be. Like I said, we don't just we disagree with it, but at the same time, you're not going back on your word. That's what exactly, you want somebody that's going to be honest, and that. Uh, and, and the other thing is this: I can tell you that. If the press disagrees with me, I'll be more than happy to debate the press. I'm not going to be mean-spirited, but I'm not going to be like some of these other presidents that just roll over. I'll be happy to engage the press, and I'm not going to be afraid to say, oh, I don't want to talk to the press one press conference a year. I'll engage them anytime, anywhere. I had that that uh, cool Mike on Twitter that started bashing me about Cuba, and I said to him, call right now. Take, take me on, big boy. I'll make you the first caller there is. Uh, Tom, here's what I want to do for you. Let me send you out some of the Kismet and Nirvanas from Royal Gold Cigar. Nirvanas made by Drew Estate. Nice Cameroon wrapper. Kismet is a Dominican Puro on the medium-bodied side. I want to send those out for you to enjoy. I appreciate that, General. You're always a gentleman. My pleasure. Stand by. All right, let's say hello to Rich up in Pennsylvania. You are front and center. Well, this is greetings from Jostown, Pennsylvania, General. Back at you. Know that area very well. Yes, in fact, uh, Voice Talent Ed is a Pittsburgher. <clears throat> I think I know who this that is. is, actually. Yes. This is Ed. Greetings, Ed. Hello, Rich. I thought that was you, buddy. Good to hear from you. Hello? Yeah, go Thanks ahead. Thanks for calling. Oh, um, General, I called you. First off, I called with a question about you, but I said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You can say yeah, that you know, we're doing this wasn't a podcast. On regular terrestrial you, radio. We, you know what? This is beautiful. We can say whatever the hell we damn well please, and that's how <laughs> I like it. Suck. It does. Hey, call me that bacon looks great. Actually, this is the first time I said fuck through this microphone. That's big, Ed. That's very big. Whoa. Ed. He isn't it though. We're gonna have some fudge to celebrate. Monumental. Monumental. I'm telling you, I've never heard that word before. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. What can we do for you? Well, General, um, I you know, was kind of looking Rich. forward to seeing that movie, but you know what? Rich? If Sony wants to bend over and kiss um, Korea's ass, then they can go fuck themselves. Say, say that again. Hold on. I had a little little, little uh, technical issue here. Say that one more time, Rich. Oh, uh, I was actually interested in going to see that movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I, as, as am I. I would have seen but, it. I, I agree with you. Yeah, but if they if they really want to kowtow to North Korea, I think they can go kiss my ass. I am not going to see any of their movies anytime soon. Well, and let me bring uh, Voice Talent Ed back in here. That brings us to the Sony thing here. The fact that here, here's my, my, my problem here is, look, I get that Sony was hacked. And by the way, they knew that they had cyber issues three years ago. Let me, of course, this general always does his research. Let me read you something from Tim Schaaf, the president of Sony Network Entertainment International. Quote, 
We have been reminded in recent days of the fact that no one is immune from the threat of cyber attack. The attack on us was, we believe, unprecedented in its size and scope. We believe that the security we had in place was very, very strong. However, the intensity and sophistication of the hack was such that even despite those best measures that we had taken, it was not sufficient. That was spoken by Tim Schaff, president of the Sony Network Entertainment International, to the House Committee on Energy and Commerce on June 2nd, 2011, three and a half years ago. What did Sony do in the interim? Apparently, nothing. They didn't get the message. And do you know that Sony, and this is how stupid they are, they had trans uh, passwords that they transmitted via email. Now, one thing, we have a policy here at, uh, at the Cigar Dave Show and the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. We will never put our login or password credentials in an email. We will only say it in person. So we will never, or we will say, use, we have a, a rotating list that is very confidential and classified. We will never, ever put it in an email. So if you are hacked, they can't get it. So it makes no sense to me why Sony would do that and leave all these employees' salaries, social security numbers, Medicare or medical claim information on their computers with zero encryption. That makes no sense to me Although whatsoever. suspect. It's all suspect. I thought the whole thing was a work when I heard it. It is all suspect. It's no sense whatsoever, General. complete and utter bullshit. Well, but here, here's my thing, that talking about this movie, and I want to make this point. Now, people have been criticizing Sony because they pulled it. Now, the chairman of Sony, the CEO, said that's not the case. He said, we can't force a theater to run it. Now, my feeling is this. We all say in this country that we are never going to be kowtowed to terrorists and we're never going to let the terrorists stop our freedom and our way of life. Well, what did these, <laughs> what did these movie theaters and Sony just do? And, and I don't know if it's just the theaters, we if it's Sony. We kowtow to lawyers. Well, not the lawyers. Now, I understand that a movie theater looks and says, listen, this could be a liability for us. This could be dangerous. We can't, We don't want to endanger the security of our patrons. But here's what I would have done. The owner of, of uh, Regal Entertainment is a billionaire by the name of Philip Anschus from Denver and Los Angeles. I would have made it a very clear statement, and I would have gotten together with AMC Theaters, and I would have gotten together with Sony and said, we together are going to show this movie for one day, to anybody that wants to watch it, free. You want to watch it? We're going to make a statement. We are going to hire extra security. We are going to make sure that we have the place swept. Everybody coming through will be subject to additional screening. And it's going to cost us, but we're going to make sure that people are safe. Because we're going to give a statement to these North Korean cyber thugs and terrorists saying, you're not going to interfere with freedom of speech in this country. And that's exactly what it was. It's an interference of freedom of speech. And one thing that I do find rather interesting, Obama uh, criticized Sony for pulling it, saying that, you know, mm -hmm. what's next? I mean, somebody could come up with some sort of movie and, and, or, or, or a documentary that somebody doesn't like and, yeah. and, 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 you know, they, they could... Uh, they could pull that, or a polit politician could pull it. Well, one of our lieutenants sent me an email which was very, very appropriate. He said that in Obama's speech, we shouldn't condemn anyone in the United States that makes movies that state things people do not like. But Obama has a very yeah. short memory because he put a guy in jail for making a film 
that supposedly started riots and was derogatory towards Muslims. Have we forgotten what Obama did? He scapegoated one filmmaker and made sure the guy was put back in jail for a probation violation, which was a bullshit trumped-up charge. So Obama's full of shit when he speaks out of his mouth saying, oh, Sony should have done this. What Obama should have said is, personally, I think we should never sacrifice the First Amendment. Now, the Sony CEO said, look, we would have run this. I don't necessarily know I believe him, and I certainly know the theaters back down. But if I were Sony, I would say, anybody that wants to watch it, we're going to put this online. You watch it. You want to watch it from your home. You want to watch it on your PC. You want to watch it on your Netflix. You want to watch it in a theater. We're going to distribute it to say, fuck you to the goddamn North Korean prick terrorists that try to get in the way of First Amendment rights. That's exactly what I would have done. But they have no goddamn balls, and they didn't. That simple. You know Absolutely it's agree, in streets in New York, please. All right, Rich, here's what I want to do for you. It's on BitTorrent already. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Rich, I'm going to send you out some of the Rocky Patel Vintage 1990, nice, mild, and medium-flavored cigar to enjoy. Let's say hello to Bill out in Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. I need to go to Sherman's Deli, one of my favorites. Yeah, that's right. General Long Ashes and a man of my – I'm sitting here with a 21-year veteran and my wife, and I'm just loving it. And you're a kicking butt, brother. Every so every so often I get fired up, Bill. Listen, I hope the language isn't too much for uh, for the lovely Mrs. Bill. Now she she she's she's laughing and because we're you know Obama he knows exactly what he's doing. The guy is from the Solinsky playbook. People got to get a clue and wake up. Thank God there's people like you that are trying to wake the folks up. And I really appreciate it. Uh, if you were down here, I'd buy you lunch at Sherman's Deli today. Oh, man, I tell you, I love Sherman's Deli. It is right in downtown Palm Springs. Right in downtown Palm Springs. You can Springs. sit outside. They make their own baked goods. Their pastrami, their corned beef, their matzo yeah. ball soup was great. I tell you, their split pea soup was out of this world. I would go there for breakfast and dinner every night. I was at the uh, convention in Palm Springs about eight, nine years ago. And I went almost every day and still could not get enough. It was two blocks from my hotel. It was it's, phenomenal. It's still just as good, you know. There's no, uh, but but you know, I'm I'm so proud of you, man. I'm just, we're just sitting here, just going, man. Dave is smacking, and I love it, man. This we need more of this. We need more people to have the balls to stand up and smack down like you do. And I just I'm just going to commend you, and tell you that you know that we're proud of you, buddy. Bill, I appreciate that, and uh, I'd like to send you. I tell you what. You're not going to send me a corned beef sandwich in the mail. I know that. But I will say, although you should. You should. send two. You should. However, I am going to send you out uh, the November Officers Club selection of Foundry cigars. And Voice Talent Ed, you raved about those foundries. Oh, man. I think that was one of, you know, I, you know, you know I love the syndicato. But that, but that is right on par with it. I mean, those. Are you those, there? Yeah. Can, 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 can oh, you yeah. Bill, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Now can, I can, hear you. can you hear Ed? No. No, I oh, can't, can't hear Ed. Ed. What? I don't... Oh, you, you cannot hear me. Oh. Okay, no problem. All right, well, well, okay. Bill, t- tell you what. We're going to put you on hold, Bill. We got you, and uh, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. And yeah. uh, we'll get those uh, Foundry cigars out to you, and I appreciate the comments. Uh, voice talent, Ed, now you were... Uh, yes, sir. You were talking about, we were talking about the Foundry cigars. You love those cigars. I, I love the Foundry cigars, and I, I really, you know, I'm like you. The, my favorite is the last cigar that I smoked. But uh, truly, the Foundry and the and the and those were some of the best cigars I've ever had. Uh, I, I absolutely love them. And 
I, I wish I could get about a dozen more of them. <laughs> oh, I have connections. Gone. I have connections. Colleen and I smoked them. They're yeah, done. they're great. The 1964, the 2014, <laughs> and the 2064. Mike Giannini blended some incredible new tobaccos, including a uh, an H47 Pleno Soul Connecticut wrapper that is just outstanding, phenomenal. Uh, by the way, Miskate, don't forget on. Uh, Line three, Bill, we gave him the Foundry Cigars, if you would be so kind to get his information. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Jeff, front and center in South Carolina. You are you are up with the General and with voice Talonette and the Portuguese Princess. Long ashes, General. Back at you. Holy shit, Long you're ashes. on a fucking roll today. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just want to let you guys know the alpha male, alpha male, it, it's tough. You know, you've got to bring up your young ones. I've got two boys. And I think Boy Talonette hit the nail right on the head. These young kids today, they don't know. Their, their brains are being, as Rush puts it, fed full of mush. You know, just fed full of shit. My oldest boy just re-enlisted for three years in the Navy. He's going back in March for his third deployment to the Middle East. Wow. My youngest boy is 20 years old, goes to a local university here. He's come home before and, you know, told me some of the stuff that the professors are telling him in some of his classes. You know, you try to keep him straight, keep him in the right line. He come back yesterday, or uh, Thursday, and he told me, he's like, hey, Dad, I may be in a little bit of trouble. I'm like, oh, well, now what? Because you never know oh, what a kid. We were all kids, and he said, well, he stood up to one of his professors, and the professor <laughs> kind of copped an attitude, and he thinks he may lose his grades a little bit, drop part of his scholarship. I'm like, you know what? If you stand up for your word, stand up for your principles and your values, that's all that matters. Your mom and I will help exactly. you out if we need them, but don't go back on your freaking yeah. word or your principles and values because it's all a man's gut. Listen, I remember in college when I was at so Syracuse, much. I was in a, uh, a, a class, and I can't remember what it was, but we – the one thing our professor always did was he encouraged, it wasn't a broadcasting or finances. I think it was uh, one of my history classes or uh, psychology, one of those classes uh, a long time ago. But he was an absolute flaming lib. I mean, absolute. And of course, I was the exact opposite. And he said he always encouraged debate <laughs> in the class. Well, of course, when he brought something up that I knew was not factually correct, I brought it up and he didn't like it. And he started to, to really belittle me and demean me. I didn't know what I was talking about. Now, that was, of course, before mobile phones and the Internet. And I said, well, if I'm wrong, I'll tell you that I'm wrong, but I will research it and I will come back. And he's like, you do that. Well, the next day, the next it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. So on Friday, I came back in, raised my hand, and I said to him, you know, professor, and I, I do remember the professor's name. I won't say his name. I think he's still alive, actually. And I said, you know, we had this discussion and you asked me to back it up. Well, here it is. Well, he started to launch into a tirade against me, and he said, I had to kick you out of the class and this and that. And so uh, I said, you know, for somebody that the first day said you encourage healthy discussion and debate, and that's why we're on a college campus, you certainly like to stifle it. And he got ticked and <laughs> was about to kick me out of the class. And, uh, you know, so we were done. I walk up to him when everyone left, and I said, Professor, I'm going to make it very clear. I said, you didn't like what I had to say because it was the truth. You don't agree with it. You don't agree with the statement, and that's fine. You can disagree with that. But if I find that there is any way that you you uh, uh, grade a paper or you deduct something that I deem is inappropriate, I will not stop, and I will go directly to the dean and make sure that Good. this is addressed. And he looked at me, and he mm -hmm. said, 
you know what? I was thinking about it. He said, you're right. I did encourage it, and I didn't like it, but you stood up for what you believed in, and that's what I said. And he said, you didn't do it mean-spirited. You were right, and I don't like what you had to say. And I go, no, you don't like what I have to say, and that's fine. Just like you give your opinion here, and we we listen to your opinion, but we should have the right to disagree with it. And he said, fair enough, and he did not. And I believe the reason he did not deduct is because I had the big balls as a junior to walk into him and say, I'm going to stand up for myself because this is exactly what you encouraged. And I've got the entire class here that saw that. And I was, you know, it was not a big class. It was maybe 40 kids in the class of which I was friendly with about a dozen. So it would not have been a difficult case to prove, but sure enough, he never held it against me. But that's when I learned that again, they love to profess. They want open dialogue and debate, but what they really mean is it's all open dialogue and debate. As long as I'm the one espousing my beliefs and you sit, shut up and listen. Exactly. It's like I told him, I said, you know what, you'll get more respect from people standing up for what you believe in than just falling for whatever kind of bullshit they're going to put out there. So, I, you know, stand up and do what you got to do, buddy. You got it. All right, here's what we'll do, Jeff. I need to send you out some fine cigars. How about I send you out, what do I have? Oh, how about some Monte Cristo Whites, top of the line. Nice. That sounds awesome. Thank you, General. And I'll tell you, Jeff, those will go beautifully with any of the champagne or sparkling wines that we'll be tasting on next week's show. So that is coming your way. Jeff, stand by. We will get that out to you. I think we can grab one more call. Let's say hello to David in the Motor City of Detroit. You are front and center. Long-ass greetings and salutations. You're on fire today, General. Love to hear it. I've gone nuclear today, David. I cannot help it. I've gone to, I've gone to DEFCON 1. <laughs> But you're laser-focused, which sets you apart from everybody else, and you're well-educated and you're well-versed. And that's what I wanted to say, General, is that, you know, we talk about our kids and what have you, and on, on my um, you know, Cigar Ambassador, uh, CRA Ambassador website, when, when Obama made his note, I tweeted out, when did democracy become an outdated philosophy? And, and that starts with our kids, and, and one of my kids emailed me the article saying, Dad, I think... This is something that's good for cigar smokers, but I don't think you're going to agree with this. And, and that's because the education with our children starts with us, and us explaining to them the history and making sure they know, because I'm not going to depend on school for my kids to understand exactly what those Castro brothers are all about. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, as cigar connoisseurs, okay, we open up, uh, we, we open up trade. They lift the embargo with Cuba, hypothetically. Cuban cigars, there's going to be a slight renaissance. People say, oh, I want to get Cuban cigars. They'll buy them. They'll be expensive. They'll try them. And they'll go right back to their padrones. They'll go back to their Rocky Patels. They'll go back yeah, to their will. Diamond Crowns. They'll it's go back to their Romeos. They will go back to their their Undercrowns. That's exactly what they'll do. They'll say, wait a minute. I'm paying three times the amount that I normally pay for a Padron for what? A cigar that doesn't taste as good and is inconsistent? No, thanks. I tried the Cubans. You can have them. And it's just like Coors beer. Just that's exactly right. Coors, if you remember. That's yeah. exactly right. You so you get it, now you want it. And, and here's the thing that I have to just say. Like you said, General. All the... Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Colleen. The greatest Cuban cigars are still made. They're just not made in Cuba. That's correct. Made She's by quoting Cubans you. in other mm-hmm. countries. That's yeah. right. In Honduras, yeah. the Dominican, and Nicaragua. And my belief is this. Do we not have a responsibility to put principle above being able to buy a Cuban cigar? I think when you look at something and say, well, would we like to travel Cuban cigars? Sure. But is it worth 
millions of people, 11 million people being persecuted, being a socialist communist mm-hmm. dictatorship that has tortured their people, that has stolen property from people. Don't we have enough principle to say this isn't going to stand. I don't care what product there is. I don't care what the money involved is. Don't we have enough principle to say we are not going to succumb to opening something strictly for financial purposes? I believe that's the case. But there are people here, there are people in in Tampa, and there are other people that jump up and down saying, oh, we have to. It's good for Cuba. This will be great. We're being shut out. Let me tell you, the United States of America has done fine for 54 years while we've had the Cuban embargo. It's 11 million people. It's a blip in our entire economy. Would it be great to have trade and go? Sure. But I will be happy to go and support Cuba when there's a democratically elected government, when American companies can go hire workers directly, not through the Castro regime, when the Castros aren't siphoning off money, when they're not locking up political prisoners in jail for disagreeing with their Mm. government. That's when I'll be happy to go to Cuba. Until then, I could give two flying fucks about going to a bunch of commie, pinko bastard dictators, their country, where they have oppressed their people, where their people live on 10 bucks a month. You think I want to go visit a country like that? I've got far more principle and 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 uh, and honor to do that, ever. I can't, I can't smoke a Cuban cigar. If I ever visited... I the Padrones and the Olivas and the Fuentes and the Toranos. I, sure. I got a chance to personally talk to Charlie Tarano when he was here at uh, Genuine's. And, um, you know, part of smoking a cigar is reflection and, and, and the enjoyment. I can't smoke a Cuban cigar and look at that smoke and feel happy that their land that they owned and everything that they owned was nationalized by Castro. That's and until right. they get their land back and get back what was, what was taken from them, you know what, even if we opened up trade embargo, those... Those people will, will never get their land back. They'll never get that wealth. And it's not about wealth with them. It's about pride. It's about family. It's about generations. It's tradition. He took all that. Mm-hmm. Castro took all that. If I were to visit Cuba, it would back. be for more morbid curiosity, I guess would be the phrase that I would use. Because just once I'd like to be able to step back into 1955. Yeah, right. Which is what it's got. got it is. I like mean, that. but I'm not looking to cozy up to the Castros and you know kiss their asses and and all that nonsense. Yeah, and but I get invited I, every you know, year. It would be rather interesting to see. Yeah, and I get invited every year, and every year I decline. There's no way in hell I want to go down and visit those people. I don't want to. And you know, when I see people, these people go to the. Uh, the the Festival de Habanos, where they're bidding two hundred thousand, fifty thousand for cigars and humidors, oh, knowing the people that are just outside those walls are getting ten bucks and a ration of rice every month. I've got a huge problem lucky. with that. Yeah. If they're lucky, is exactly yeah, right. Rock of shit. Lucky. It is. It is. Rock David, shit. we appreciate you yeah. joining us from the Motor City. I am going to send you out some. Uh, what do I have here? Rocky Patel Vintage Connecticut 99s for you to light up. That'll go great with the champagne and sparkling wine on New Year's. Great. Thank you, you oh, generous general. Happy Hanukkah to you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And same to you. Voice talent, Ed. We're going to, and uh, Portuguese Princess Colleen, we're going to wrap it up. We appreciate you joining us from the Voice Talent Ed Studios and theaters of op- Theater of Operations <laughs> down by the pool in Sarasota. Great having you both. And love, Here we are. love that Chipotle bacon fudge, Colleen. I'll be waiting for it this afternoon. It's on its way.
Beautiful. So I want to thank Colonel Ange. want to thank Voice Talent Ed, Portuguese Princess. Also want to thank our great producers, Brian and Eric, the lovely Ms. Kate, Sergeant Steve, for all their help during the past year. We want to extend to all of you a very happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. My best wishes for a very, very happy and healthy 2015. All the best to you and your family. Lieutenants, hope you enjoyed this special bonus podcast. We let it rip, lieutenants, enemies of pleasure, political correctness uh, enthusiasts, be damned. We tell it exactly like it is. Cigar Dave the General, may your humidor always be full.